0: That's joinMIDI.com.
1: The workday is done. Now, kick back, pop a top, and catch up with your Houston teams. Nightcap, nightcap.
2: This is the Nightcap with Ross Villarreal.
1: Nightcap, nightcap, nightcap. nightcap. 6.01 in the p.m., Hello and welcome in Woo! to the nightcap here on Sports Talk 790. Ross Villareal with you all the way up until 7 o'clock alongside my producer, Mr. Joseph George. Joe, how are you?
3: I'm good. How are you, Ross?
1: I'm great. How'd the Bears do in the playoffs
3: this weekend? Uh, great. Undefeated.
1: Nice. And Did no
3: it? double doings, <laughs> even though I saw it a couple times last night during the game.
1: Mm, yeah, that kind of probably didn't. That probably didn't make you feel great. but That's
3: okay. It could be worse. At least that happened like the last three decades, unlike the last time the Texans played the Bills. <laughs> well, let's see. So I where in the
1: Oilers? Now, where go your rooting interest as a Bears fan? I'm you a have Texans to go fan. anti. You have to go anti-Packers, right?
3: I'm a Texans
1: fan. Okay, since when I've been
3: here for five years, I don't remember. I don't remember
1: seeing a Texans verified podcast being put out every single week.
3: Well, then find a former Texans (laughs) player that wants to do a podcast (laughs) with me, and I'll gladly do so.
1: We can get you somebody. We can get you like a Billy Miller, Avante Leach.
3: Okay, who? David Anderson. Uh, Indy Kalu? No, D A. My guy. Oh, is D A your guy? Yeah, D A and I are boys.
1: Okay, well that's good. You can get him. You can be do, do Texans verified and Bears verified every single week. I might as well. I'll probably start next week. Okay. Sounds great. Well, you don't want to start after they just lose in no, the division, right? No, I'll wait round, till right? next season. That would, yeah. You might as well wait till next season for that one. Okay. Well, Joe George is my producer. He will be along for the ride, and you are you. It's 713-212-5790. The phone number, if you would like to get in, 713-212-5790. Your tweets to at Sports RV and at Joe George Radio, and of course, the first thing we have to talk about. Is the Houston Texans and their win over the Buffalo Bills uh, talking earlier today? I feel like uh, with with Matt, we were talking about it. Like you have to at least on a radio, we have to revel in the win for a little bit, right? Before we get up to talking about the matchup of next week against the Kansas City Chiefs and the divisional round going to Arrowhead, and unfortunately being the biggest underdog on the entire slate. Like we can talk about that come Saturday, right? We don't have to talk about that right now. We can talk about the comeback. And of course, the comeback is the Buffalo Bills and Houston Oilers comeback which has nothing to do nothing to do with what happened this Saturday, right? I've saw a couple of people on Twitter talking about how this was revenge for the city of Houston or anything like that. No, no, no. No, no. You're talking about a completely different scales, completely different situations and a completely different franchise here in Houston. So, I am not going to buy those two being tied in at all. But What we saw from the Houston Texans to come back with a couple of minutes left in the third quarter, being down 16 to nothing in that game at home where you had basically, especially in the first half, you had done nothing offensively, which wasn't the hugest surprise ever. Okay, scoring zero points was a bit of a surprise, but having difficulty going up against that Buffalo Bills defense that we knew coming in here was a problem, wasn't that huge of of a surprise. But you get down 16 to nothing. You had the early follies from Bill O'Brien where he was trying to uh, challenge a pass interference, and that was a bad challenge. You had the play calling was questionable. You had the offensive line for the Houston Texans getting absolutely dominated, and some of it was Deshaun Watson's fault. You did have seven sacks overall, a handful of those. I mean, I don't know if you want to split it 50-50 or how you want to break it down, some of those were Deshaun Watson's fault. Some of it was a fault of the offensive line, but it just wasn't looking good. And you could Carlos Hyde wasn't getting anything going. I mean, Duke Johnson had a couple of nice plays, but it was just at that point, the lowest of the low, the probability, if you're into win probability, which I think is, is just something to look at. It's not necessarily, it's like window dressing, right? You don't take necessarily a whole lot of it to heart. Certainly not after the game, but the the Buffalo Bills, according to ESPN's win percentage index or whatever they want to call it, the Buffalo Bills were 97% to win that game. So it was looking bad, and I thought the, that the Texans were going to lose. I thought they, there were so many points where I thought they were just going to give up and not show any fight. And and not fight back the way they did, but a lot of it has to do with Deshaun Watson, who made, of course, an incredible play on the. I mean, a lot of people are talking about the play, of course, at the end of the game where he won them in overtime, uh, won the game in overtime. But I mean, the the play on the first touchdown, where he scrambles and then he just takes like three Buffalo Bills players into the end zone. That was incredible. And his knee stayed up off the ground just long enough for him to score that touchdown. And then after that, the next play where the Texans are going for two and he runs off to the right side, runs it in for two, and then Duke Johnson, at that point, taking out two different Buffalo Bills players, I mean, that was huge. Every little thing had to break the right way for the Houston Texans for them to win that game in that second half or if you want to call it even basically almost the final quarter and a little bit of change is when the Texans started to make that turnaround. And then you can point to of course there was a a big passing play to DeAndre Hopkins. There was I mean Josh Allen. My god. Have you uh, how much did they talk about on the A team Joe, of course, you want to give credit for for anytime there's a huge comeback, you credit the team that came back. But also, some things have to break their way. Absolutely, what the hell is going on with Josh Allen in that game? Fumbling with with Whitney Merciless, not even forcing the fumble, taking those huge bad sacks. And then the to me, the worst one of all, the lateral play that he tried to make. What Reggie what, Bush 2.0 right Reggie there. Bush rat, lateral play. What is going through Josh Allen's mind? Like he was completely throwing that game in the second
3: half. Just panic, right? Like that's gotta be the product of playing football at what Wyoming? And having yeah. no big game experience. It, was it panic or I also I don't think Josh Allen's very good. And I think if he was like four or five years in the league or even maybe just like two more years from now, people would be panicking in Buffalo and saying like, oh, we really messed this one up and we have to move on. Like I am I think I'm already there for Josh yeah. Allen. I don't think they're there yet. And those concerns with the fumble and just some of the stupid plays, I just – I don't think he's that guy there. I mean, he's all right. He's going to get him to this point, but I don't think he's ever going to win them a big game. And those moments are, to me, like the – perfect example but that Reggie Bush style lateral like what are you doing man
1: that was I mean yeah and you know I, I got to thinking also um like the Buffalo Bills if they'd had an actually good quarterback how dangerous do you think this team would have been this year like if they had an above average good quarterback I mean Devin Singletary is a really good running back you have I mean Frank Gore is what he is John Brown is a, is a decent enough number one receiver I mean, at Cole Beasley in the slot, and then all the talent that they have on basically all three levels of that defense. If the Buffalo Bills had an actual really good quarterback, I mean, we're talking about them, I would say, being at least, I mean, maybe not at the level of, of, of the Baltimore Ravens or the Kansas City Chiefs, but at least right there in, in that area or right there a tier below. And Josh Allen and what he did, I mean, he was great in the early on in the, in the running and all that type of stuff and and catching the touchdown pass on a trick play, cool, fun stuff. But when it came down to we need our quarterback to make a play, I mean, he was either going to scramble or he wasn't able to do much of anything. And he was a huge, huge reason that the Texans were able to come back in that game. So obviously we want to we credit uh, Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans for making that comeback, but also on the other side of the coin. I mean, if, if you're, if I'm doing Buffalo bills radio right now in, in Buffalo, New York, and of course I'm, uh, I'm wiping the, the, uh, the wing sauce off my mouth in between breaks. And we're talking about how the Buffalo bills just, I mean, you have to be down in the dumps, right? You have to be talking about how Josh Allen blew that game. And what's going on with Sean McDermott and a couple of his decisions I thought were questionable. I don't like, know if you are. You are. You're not. You're not I talking mean, about Josh Allen screwing that game up. You're not talking about why did they not punt the ball on fourth and 23 and then allow him to to lose like 20 more yards there at the end of the game. Did anyone expect the Bills to be here?
3: I I would, like that's uh, at the I beginning almost, of
1: the season, maybe not. But I, I mean, almost
3: feel like it's like a feel-good victory, even though they lost. No, you get up sixteen
1: to nothing in a game. In that game, there's no way you're feeling good right now.
3: But they're the Bills. This is the same city that lost what four Super Bowls in a row. Look, they know how to handle it.
1: They're all their fans did not drive down here and smash and smash their faces into. Yeah, they didn't clear out Walmart and Costco of every fold-up table that's available in the city. And apparently. Uh, Uh, like drank a bunch of Pabst Blue Ribbon and brought that down here and then set themselves on fire and scar themselves and end up in the emergency room. They didn't do all of that at the NRG Stadium Blue Lot just to come down here, get up 16 to nothing, and then blow it. I mean, they had so many opportunities. They should have won that game. You could put it that way. In my opinion, once you get up 16 to nothing, you should win that game. When you get up 16 to nothing in the second half, like I said, 97% that the, that the Buffalo Bills were going to win that game and they blew it. But the, what the Texans, as I said, credit to them, Deshaun Watson made plays. He made the plays, like I said, on the first touchdown. And then of course the play in overtime, which is, I mean, at least since I've been doing sports radio, One of the all-time singular great plays that you will remember getting crushed by two Bills defenders, spinning out of it, finding Taiwan Jones, and then him going all the way down the field for the Texans to get the game-winning field goal. You guys want to talk about that? 713-212-5790 is the phone number. 713-212-5790. Did the Bills blow it? Or did the Texans win it? We can talk about that. We also have other NFL action to get to. We also have a story that is brewing. It's sports-related, but it's also related to The Bachelor. We're going to have to do a court case here on the nightcap coming up here with you up until 7 o'clock at 713 Tweets at at SportsRV. Short break here. Don't go anywhere. What's that? Around here, ketchup and mustard is not just for hot dogs. Seth back shoots for three. Got it! Sports Talk 790, home of Rockets Basketball. Nightcap rolls along here on Sports Talk 790. Roffs Vireal with you alongside my producer, Joe George. Talking a lot about the Texans and Bills matchup, of course. That's what we're going to talk about. The 22-19 to 19 win by the Houston Texans over the Buffalo Bills. And what have we said about my Texans predictions basically all season, Joe? Are always incorrect and you, what did i pick last week i
3: heard you <laughs> picked the
1: bills <laughs> hey i'm getting pretty close there for a second i had 19 to 16 bills wow that was on par Whoa. for a little bit ross you on the money i was getting close but unfortunately the texans had other ideas and they came back and won but so good for them um but i was wrong Texans were right, so I don't even know. I'm probably picking the Chiefs to win this week, so that should excite you as Texans fans because I've been picking them. I mean, I've I've just been a tick off for the most part. I mean, I had them beating Denver. I had them – I can't remember. I've had a lot of things go wrong with me predicting the Texans. That's just because they've been an up-and-down team, and they've been up-and-down the entire season, and they decided to be up-and-down in a single game. Every week to week they've been up and down, they decided to do it half to half. I mean, you get down 13 to nothing at the half, and then you outscore them uh twenty-two to six in the second half. Just crazy back and forth stuff from the Texans all season. And then they did it in a single game against the Buffalo Bills. Seven one three two one two five seven nine to your phone number. Seven one three two one two five seven nine. Let's go to Ray in South Houston here on the nightcap. What's up, Ray?
2: Hey Ross, how you doing?
1: I'm well. What you got?
2: This is what I got. Buffalo, they really lost the game by two two things. Yes, the quarterback he made some mistakes, but they head coach in that fourth quarter, I didn't understand what what he was doing. He just almost like wasted a down. And answer this for me, Ross. If we beat Kansas City. And Tennessee beat Baltimore. Where would the AFC championship be?
1: Uh, that would be at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. And CBS would probably be pretty pissed. <laughs> you okay.
2: But, you, you know, this is, I'm just thinking. Everybody for sure, it was a, a lot that the Astros was going to win the World Series. I learned in life, Ross. there's no guarantee anything can happen, and I just got a funny, a, just a funny feeling hmm. that the Texans gonna become rock stars this week when they do upset Kansas City. The it, Kansas City defense is real weak. Uh, New England proved that last year. They got a good offense, but they defense. I really believe despite of having a bad head coach and we got a superstar quarterback. I just have a funny feeling that we will win uh, and we will be Kansas City. And I will be calling you Hmm. next Monday to to verify that. All
1: right. I I do have a nightcap on Friday. Thanks a lot, Ray. Appreciate you getting in. I do have a nightcap Friday. I'll probably, I mean, I'm going to, Matt will make me lock in a prediction on the Matt Thomas show on Friday. I will reiterate. I will not waver. I will not falter in my prediction. Once I lock that one in, I'll probably reiterate it here on a nightcap on Friday night. And then, of course, on the Sports RV Show, Saturdays, 11 a.m. here on Sports Talk 790. But, I mean, all signs point to me picking the Kansas City Chiefs. But you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, Ray, that's not the craziest thing that I'd ever heard. Especially to me, especially if Will Fuller comes back and is that added dimension In the Texans' defense, I don't think it would be the craziest thing ever to talk about the Houston Texans going up to Arrowhead and get a win. They literally did it earlier this season. Now, that was weeks ago, and that was two different teams. And, you know, week to week, you talk about how uh, NFL teams are, are different and mature and things change and certain injuries happen here or there. Maybe Patrick Mahomes is more healthy now than he was then. I don't know. A lot of things will factor in. But I'm going to tell you right now, certainly, especially if they get Will Fuller back, I wouldn't call it the hugest upset ever. I'm actually a little bit shocked that the, that the Chiefs are up to nine and a half point favorites. I think there's a little bit of recency bias in that number. Seeing the Texans struggle this weekend against the Buffalo Bills is making people think that they're a really weak team, and they're not. The Texans are capable of, of beating just about anybody in the NFL. They beat the Patriots. They went and won against the Chiefs. Now the, the, of course, the Baltimore Ravens, if they were to 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 win against the Chiefs and then play them in the in the AFC Championship game, that'd be a whole other ball of wax. I would, I, I but I just don't think that the Texans are a team that are going to go up to there at Arrowhead and be intimidated because they literally won there earlier this year. So uh, I'm not going to call you crazy, Ray. There's a number of things I could probably call you crazy for. That's not going to be one of them. Texans winning up at Arrowhead is definitely within the realm of possibility. 713-2125-790. Your phone number seven one three two one two five seven ninety. 713-2125-790. Another angle that I have not talked about yet on the show, J.J. Watt making his return. And that was question number one for me was uh, how many snaps was J.J. Watt going to play and how effective was he going to be in, uh, in that play? Uh, he played... 16 of 36 snaps in the first half, but in the second half and overtime, he played 34 of 44 snaps. So how's he feeling? How much is he going to play? That's another thing that's going to factor huge into uh, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, game and the divisional round of the playoffs coming up. Here's what J.J. Watt had to say after the game, how he felt just being back out there and uh, how his shoulder was holding up.
3: I'm pretty shocked, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it feels pretty good. Um, there was one play where I he was like rolling out and I dove for him. And before I dove, I, th- I thought to myself, this, here it is, it's either, it's either gonna hold or it's gonna go. And uh, I dove, landed right on it, and popped up, kind of checked it out. Looked over to the doctor who was standing like 10 feet away and I was like, it's all right. So, uh, Uh, obviously we kind of threw the plan out the window there in the fourth quarter in overtime because it's all hands on deck and do what you can. Um, But I'm very pleased with the way it held up, and I'm very thankful to all the medical people and strength people that helped me uh, get here.
1: I mean, just just an incredible story. I mean, even if – especially in the first half, it didn't seem like he was that effective, but he got better, and and he was was making a couple of pressures, and there was a couple times – he did get the one sack. But there was a couple of other times where he was able to pressure uh, Josh Allen, and if he can just be to the level of what's going to what would be the replacement level, I mean, I guess what a, J- a Jacob Martin or I'm not exactly who's sure who he's exactly taking all those snaps away from. Then it's going it's going to be a positive. And last weekend in the game against the Buffalo Bills, J.J. Watt was a positive you can also talk about intangibles of firing up the crowd and and getting everybody else going. I I don't really care too much about that. Like, if he's getting the crowd screaming, good for for him. That's not even going to matter in Arrowhead this weekend. I'm talking about on the field, getting after the quarterback, affecting the game on the field of play, and and creating pressures and and getting sacks and all those things that we know J.J. Watt can do. If he can do just a little bit of that, if he's going to be obviously some smaller percentage of himself, it's great. Anything you get out of him is absolutely a plus. So it'll be interesting to see how much he plays again this week. How how sore is he going to be? How is he going to be feeling? Because like he just said in that soundbite, they had a plan for him to play probably about half the snaps. But then you get the fourth quarter and a close game, and then you even get the added uh I would say bonus, but if he's going to go out there and risk injury even further, but the added plays and snaps of overtime, he they he they the Texans played the overplayed their hand just a little bit in that they probably didn't plan for him to play 50 0 snaps in that game on Saturday, but he did. So now we have we roll into this week. In the divisional game against Kansas City Chiefs, in theory, he would have another week to be uh, rest and build up strength and all that type of stuff, but he played a ton of snaps on Saturday. How much closer is he going to be to re-injuring himself or how much closer is he going to be to being healthier and better and stronger? It's definitely something else that we're going to have to keep an eye on as the Texans go up against the Kansas City Chiefs. 713-212-5790. The phone number 713-212-5790. If you'd like to get in, you can also send your tweets to at sportsrv. Coming up next, there's a court case. Well, this is going to be nightcap court, is what we're going to call it, that we have to get to the bottom of. There is some controversy in the daily fantasy football world, and it involves and it involves the bachelor. We'll get into that next here on Sports Talk 790. Alexa,
2: play Sports Talk 790
1: on
0: iHeartRadio. Sure, Mr. Bun Would you like it regular? Or chopped and screwed? Ha, 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 ha. Keep it trill.
1: Nightcap continues. Here on Sports Talk 790, we got a nightcap court case coming up here soon. Ross Villarreal with you at 713-212-5790. 713-212-5790, talking a lot about the uh, Texans and the Bills the last couple of segments. J.J. Watt, how effective will he be coming up? Uh, as I mentioned, he played 16 of 36 snaps in the first half. That was probably more of what the plan they wanted. Then played 34 of 44 snaps in the second half, only missed 10 of them. That's 55-0 in total, and probably didn't plan for him to play in overtime. So it'll be interesting to see how much he will play on Sunday and how effective he will be. He does get that extra day of rest, so there is a bonus there. Seven one three two one two five seven nine. The phone number, as I said, let's go to Paul. In Maryland, here on the nightcap, a nightcap staple. Hey, What's up, Paul? Me.
2: You called me just in time. I just called before I came on here. Uh, no, man, I've been thinking about it all day long. I haven't heard any talk about J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt, in my opinion, single-handedly turned that game around last night with that fact. He brought the, quote, juice. And, n- n- everybody and not O.J. Simpson? <laughs> no, I ain't talking about O.J. Simpson. You got to bring the juice. He provided the spark, I believe, yeah. to turn that game speaking around. Speaking
1: of juice, uh, speaking of juice, what you drinking tonight, Paul?
2: Uh, the regular shiner.
1: Oh, okay, keeping it regular. I can respect that. Starting off the new year with the regulars. Um, yeah, I mean, look, oh, yeah. that that was a huge play. That sack that he made, and then from there, I mean, I don't want to say necessarily the he single handedly turned the game, but that was a huge play to to hold the um, that was holding them to a field goal at that point, right? where they had the th- – yeah. so you to, to hold the, the Buffalo Bills to a field goal there, keep the Texans still within striking distance, and then they go down and they score a touchdown, absolutely. I mean, he he was huge. And, and while you weren't necessarily noticing him every single play, I think there was a number of times where he was effective and especially effective over uh, the Texans' pass rush, which has been nothing. I mean, during the regular season, I talked about it, their uh, quarterback hit percentage I think was – like 31st in the entire NFL ahead of only the Miami Dolphins. So um, if he can bring any semblance of press uh, pass rush and pressure for the Texans, it's obviously going to be a a positive. And I think we saw from that from him Saturday and we'll probably see it again on Sunday.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, the crowd was flat. The crowd was disappointed. Like me, I'm sure they gave up at halftime. The team was flat. And when he hit that, he got him man that just provided the sparks if you ask me thanks a lot uh, thanks a lot you
1: take care alright Paul thanks a lot man appreciate you have a good one 713-212-5790 is the phone number 713-212-5790 we now have to get to Nightcap Court here on Sports Talk 790 yes that's right this is uh, I guess we finally have a formal name I think Nightcap Court is a good name for the segment right Joe We'll keep rolling with that i think it's very solid <laughs> mm, thank you thank you okay well so um joe uh, how, are you much of a daily fantasy player i know you had said you've had uh you know well that was during a, a confession that was during f- confession hour when you talked about your uh confession hour <laughs> no one else heard that okay good then we won't talk about it never mind um so uh, how familiar are you with dfs i mean i'm sure you've dabbled in yeah draft no, I, play, and a, I play every oh, week. fan Fanduel. okay you play every single week cool yeah. Uh, Well, then you're probably familiar with the million-dollar contest called the Millionaire Maker that's on DraftKings every every week. I am. Sometimes it's $10, sometimes it's $20, sometimes it's $25. I don't know why they make it different amounts, but it was $25 this past weekend. And the maximum amount of times you can enter into this contest is $150. But before I get to that, let's talk about who won it. It was won by Jade Roper Tolbert. And if I'd have said that name to you, Joe, you would have said what? who? Okay, good, because that's where I am too. I don't watch The Bachelor. I'm not necessarily familiar with it. But uh, apparently, I'm starting
3: though.
1: Oh, are you? Is your be honest?
3: Is your fiance making you get into it? Uh, she's not. Well, yeah. Okay. She's not making me, but I know she's going to make me watch it every week once we move in together in like two weeks. Oh, man. So I just figured I'd get a head start. And, you, you, might as well, <laughs> you might as well get a little background. Do my homework, know what's right? going on. Because basically
1: Bachelor and Bachelorette are always tied in, right? It's like yeah. somebody wins the Bachelor and then one of the losers is the Bachelorette. Then somebody wins the Bachelorette and one of the losers is the Bachelor. It's like it's they a just cycle. Won. It's a, it's a never-ending vicious cycle of crappy reality television.
3: Yeah. So I'm just I'm getting my homework done and okay. maybe you know we'll start up one of those 790 Fantasy Bachelor
1: Leagues here. Uh count me out. Why not, Ross? I guess I could check the Vegas odds and just pick whoever's the favorite there. That's probably what I would do. Yep. But I'm not gonna watch the show. Um, well, Jade Roper Tolbert Roper Tolbert was a contestant on the reality TV series, uh series The Bachelor. And she was the winner of the Daily Fantasy Sports uh hold it held by DraftKings, the DraftKings Millionaire Maker. Good for her. Sounds cool, sounds fun, but wait. There's more. To play this game, contestants fill out a roster of eight players and a team defense/slash special team. There were 105,000 entries into the weekend contest. Her victory has sparked allegations of collusion with her husband Tanner Tolbert, who is a known high-volume daily fantasy player. The couple couple met on the second season of Bachelor in Paradise, so this is like The Bachelor, except they go to I don't know Waikiki. I think it's, or like, Cancun, a, it's like a sideshow. Or the Bahamas. Okay. It's a spinoff. They got married in 2016. Jane and, Jane and Tandler reside in California where they work as social media influencers. That's really your job title? Yep. What do you do? Uh, hi, I'm a I'm a media manager. Hi, I'm a, I'm a radio host. Hi, I I don't know. I work the uh, drive through lane at the local Chick-fil-A. Hi, I'm a social media influencer. Mm, what a life. Anyways combined they submitted 300 lineups into the DraftKings contest fantasy insiders who analyzed the Tolbert's entries point to a lack of duplicated lineups and allege the couple had strategized together to enter unique rosters as a way to circumvent the maximum entries allowed out of their 300 lineups 298 of them were completely unique A DraftKings spokesperson has said, we take the integrity and fairness of our contest very seriously and are looking into this matter. So what is being alleged is that you or I, Joe, could only enter this, this matchup or this contest 150 times. But what if you and I got together and said, hey, you enter 150, I'll enter 150, we'll split the winnings, you don't enter a lineup like I enter one, and then we'll go from there. That is against the DraftKings terms of service, but it looks like that's what the
3: Bachelor and Bachelorette have done. Is it? Yes. I don't think that is. If you and I did that, I think if you have a shared bank account, basically they're saying right, mm. she did not enter, he entered himself. No,
1: they're saying she. Entered, she's times. trying to say she entered 150 and he entered 150, separate of each other.
3: Okay, but like they can't prove that.
1: Well, that's, what, that's where they're going to come in with it. some issues. It'll be interesting. The Tolbert's deny any wrongdoing, insist they did not coordinate their lineups to avoid duplication, even though almost all of their lineups are completely different. They said they respect DraftKings doing their due diligence, but wondered if there would be much scrutiny, quote,
3: if the winner had been male oh, and someone sexism. who isn't ready
1: to be in the public eye. So they're going to the sexism
3: card. Honestly, I would do the same thing, because that's exactly what I was thinking before you read that.
1: They said, "Quote: It's incredibly important for us to establish that Jade's win is nothing more than pure luck." She entered 150 times, dude. This, this the, nobody just casually says. You know what? I'm gonna pony up. Let's see, twenty five dollars times 150 is what? Is that thirty two fifty three? Uh, three hundred twenty. Thirty-two fifty? Is that 3250 bucks? 3750 Oh, dang it. I was close. $3,750. I was You're 500 right. The math was close enough. She's not just casually laying four Gs down into a DFS after her husband is a known professional who max enters as well. Come on. They've each entered the maximum number of times each, each week of the NFL season, so there's some credibility there, I guess. We each put in our separate players in our separate accounts and rooted for our own players. No one has ever said a peep about us when we lost for 17 straight weeks. Then, of course, somehow Jade picked the right lineup, got the million in the spotlight and got shown on it and people, especially since she's a woman, assumed that i do it all for her. If I'd have won, I bet no one would have raised a flag. This is the problem. You That's people the- are idiots. You shouldn't have had her real name on her, her account. If you're going to collude, which I believe that they did... Because if you look at the entries, they shared a number of the same um uh skill position players, but if you're going to make your entries a lot different, you share, you don't share quarterbacks, and they shared zero quarterbacks. Like, come on, that's to me, that's flat out collusion. If you're gonna do that, name your account something. Don't name your account Jade Roper.
3: Like, what are you doing? Anyways. Okay. My question would be, how much money did they win in the regular season? So uh, we don't know. They hadn't they, won the million. Let's say they didn't win anything. Okay. And it was averaged out, averaged out at twenty bucks a week. That means they spent like sixty grand each the entire year on daily fantasy. Even if you only went, if you win one time, that's only a profit for of yeah. forty grand. Like, is it worth the risk?
1: It, well, I mean, see, the what these DFS players do is they enter max and they, they enter up a billion lineups, and they do. That's what they try to do. Like, you're not usually going to get a huge number of return. You're going to try to spend $3,000 so that you can win $4,000. Like, that's what they do. The, the, yeah. return on, the ROI, the return on investment for these DFS players isn't that high, but if you're entering so many contests, you can make enough to make it profitable and you can make a living off of it. Like, that's what they do. So... The question is, did the Tolberts collude?
3: I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes as well. I'm also going to say I don't really have a problem with it. Um,
1: If they're violating the terms of service, I do have a problem with it. You're you're going around. You're skirting. Most people, you know what? Are they the only ones doing it? I'll put it this way. Are they the only ones doing it? Absolutely not. But I got a little bit of a problem with it. Now they're going to win a million dollars. Will D- Will DraftKings take the million dollars away from them? That's what remains to be seen, and that's what I'll definitely be interested in. All right, uh, time for a quick break here on the nightcap. When we come back, we hadn't even talked about the other wildcard games. We'll get into that, more NFL action. If you still want to talk about some bills and some Texans, you could do so. 713 212 Tired of 610 from the competition. Take another route. Sports Talk 790. Your unbiased home for your home teams. Nightcap. Helps if I turn my microphone on. Nightcap continues here on Sports Talk 790. Ross V. Real. Joe George with you folks at 713-212-5790. 713 212 One last note on that. Uh, talking about the DFS collusion that was or wasn't. Um, so apparently the guy, Tanner, had used almost exclusively NFC quarterbacks. And the girl jade had used also exclu- almost exclusively afc quarterbacks and it happened to just be all pure coincidence that all of her lineups had an afc quarterback and all of his lineups had an nfc quarterback they didn't discuss anything at all there was no collusion according to them seems a little bit fishy but that's okay uh at ice Gelsky says uh they beat the system more power to them so yeah i mean i don't know if you want to just get around and skirt the rules, and instead of 150 max, go ahead and enter it 300 times. That's what they did, now they got the million dollars. But it'll be interesting to see if DraftKings takes it away from them. Seven one three two one two five seven ninety, the phone number. Let's go to Jay on a mobile line that's here so on Sports Talk seventy. What's up, Jay? That's
2: what they did. Now they got hey, Jay, turn your DraftKings radio up. Takes it away from
1: them. 7132-125. Oh boy, this is. That's what they did.
2: Now they got the million dollars. How many? How,
1: Jay? One, two, one, two, one, two. All right. This has been really thrilling. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate it. Thanks for getting in. Um, anywho, what was I going to talk about? Oh, I know what I was going to talk about. The other NFL action and wild card weekend. Uh, I guess the most surprising result of the weekend, Joe, would have to be the uh, New Orleans Saints
3: falling to the Minnesota Vikings. I would agree. I don't know. We had two six seeds win. It's, which one was more surprising? I think the top.
1: Hmm. See, to me though, when I look at that Vikings team and I look at the talent that they have, and yeah, they were ten and six, and yes, they were a sixth seed, but I mean, they are they are a really good football team. I think I think uh, they're not. No, they're not playing Green Bay. They're playing uh, San Francisco, right? Yes. I think San Francisco is going to have some issues with them. You look at what they have. I mean, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. Kyle Rudolph, and then the defensive side of the ball with, um, I mean, Everson Griffin and, and Harrison Smith and and the t- talent on all three levels of the defense. The Vikings, to me, are a damn good team. And if you start with defense and then you can run the ball with Dalvin Cook, I mean, we've seen time and time again, that can be a winning formula in the NFL, just, just running on the backs of your defense in your running game.
3: It can, and like they're finally healthy for the first time this year. If anyone played fantasy football and you had Adam Thielen, you know he did not play the last like 10 weeks of the year, and he finally came back week 17. Looks good. You got him and Diggs. Dalvin Cook has been up and down. He looked great for having the shoulder injury. Kyle Rudolph finally makes an impact. This team is, it's all about Kirk Cousins, though. If he cannot make Kirk Cousins' mistakes, they can absolutely beat the San Francisco I mean, 49ers. Yeah,
1: I mean, he made some big-time throws and some big-time plays in that game. And, yeah, I mean, if if he can be – if he can just not hurt them. And you don't even necessarily want him to be a game manager because he's a guy who can make some plays with his arm as well. I mean, you talk about him throughout the season. I mean, if you look at things like quarterback rating, yards per attempt, and, and interception rating, and all that type of stuff, Kirk Cousins was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, that's just fact based on those stats. So if he can play well enough, and the, and the defense can play well enough i think i very well think it's well within the realm of possibility of the vikings going up to san francisco and taking care of the 49ers now do i think it's going to happen no i think the niners are the best team
3: in the nfc see i thought the saints were so i think they might i think they might beat san francisco i think yeah, the, the they could happen the toughest as they might have had to face might have just been this one game
1: yeah i, I it, it'll be interesting to see and then um Right now, you have San Francisco as seven-point favorites at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Maybe I was one year off. I picked the Minnesota Vikings to go to the Super Bowl last year, so maybe I'm off. Maybe they're getting a Lizzo bump. New man on the Minnesota Vikings. And I still I want to know who off. it is. Who? What is?
3: Who's the new man? Hmm. There's a couple conspiracy theories. Oh, one, really? the song's kind of old. So it's, it's from like
1: nineteen seventeen. I'm uh, nineteen seventeen, 2017. Yeah. It's not from the World War One movie. That's that's storming theaters. So
3: I think it's Terrence Newman. I think it's Terrence Newman, the, form- the New former the former man. Yeah. Wow. The former cornerback. Because Pat McAfee, blew. the former Colts owner, has had a bunch of Vikings players on. Like yeah. I think he's had Kyle Rudolph on, and that's like the first question he always yeah. asks, <laughs> and they don't know the answer. Yeah. So it's definitely someone that's not on the team mm. anymore. So interesting. I-, I think it's Terrence Newman new man on the minnesota vikings that would be brilliant it really would be and he is older
1: well not i mean not that lizzo i mean lizzo's like 30 like in her in her early 30s yeah, probably something, something like that? that yeah i don't know hmm something to think about something to evaluate something that could factor into this weekend's game no probably not uh so yeah that is the first game minnesota versus san francisco on saturday and then uh yeah, we didn't really necessarily talk about Okay, I got a question for you, Joe. Week 1 New England Patriots quarterback starter is Tom Brady. True or false? False. False. Hmm. I think it's true. I think he I think they'll stick with him one I think they'll draft somebody. Okay. Stick with him for one more year and then he'll ride off into the sunset. But it would also be very Tom Brady of him to just say, you know what, there's no need to sunset, none of that, we're out. But also, he said he's going to play to 45, or you think he's going to play, he's going to play for another
3: team. I think he's going to play for another team.
1: Wow. That's what Matt Thomas thinks as well.
3: I think, I'm just going to, I was going to save this tomorrow for the A-team, I'm just going to spoil it right here for okay,
1: you. Okay, is, is this your irresponsible hot take? Of the week, yeah. Nice.
3: Uh, on Sunday... The Minnesota Vikings are going to beat the San Francisco 49ers. Ooh. And the 49ers are going to let Jimmy Garoppolo no. leave. And Tom Brady no. grew up a 49ers fan. No. And Tom Brady will be the week one quarterback for the 49ers next year.
1: No. How much what's his dead? His dead cap number is gonna be huge, right? It don't matter. It it does that does matter. You can't just say – I mean, for your irris- – now, irresponsible hot takes, I will give you this. Don't factor in dead cat money. <laughs> yeah. That's ex- that's exactly the the uh, quintessence of an irresponsible hot take. You don't care about no dead cat money. No, this is irresponsible matter. hot take. Yeah, exactly.
3: Um, They're both free agents. He can just go sign. <sighs> Tom Brady, week one, not wearing number 16. And then Jimmy G signs with the Patriots. Uh, no, Jimmy G probably ends up on the Bears. So I'm going to shoot myself. Oh,
1: no. You'd be happy about that. I Jimmy think, G. Is, uh, Jimmy G's not
3: horrible. I think he's really overrated. He's
1: been okay. Well, then nobody thinks he's one of the greatest quarterbacks and the great quarterbacks in the NFL. He went like 10-0 to start his career, so everyone really loved the guy. That's true. I mean, I thought the, the really love was- love. really loved the guy. That's true. He was supposed to be the next big thing, and you look at the numbers, you're like, okay, he's fine. He's okay. But- So you think
3: Brady's back with the Patriots?
1: I think so. But I think they do draft somebody, and so this will be his last year. We'll see. I think Robert Kraft won't want to let him go. That, That's another thing.
3: It's tough for that to be the last throw he makes, that yeah. pick six.
1: All right. got to take a uh, – You know, no, we don't have to take a break. The show's over. Say goodbye. This is way too quick. Goodbye, people. The nightcap's over here on Sports Talk 790. That's Joe George. Thanks to him for producing, doing a great job as always. Thanks to you sincerely for listening to the show. I really appreciate you. Thanks to all of you who called and tweeted and got involved in the show in any way. I will talk to you guys next tomorrow at noon as part of the Matt Thomas Show. And also, we will have another nightcap tomorrow, correct? Yes. Another nightcap tomorrow. Anytime there's not an Astro line or Rockets or Astros coverage, you will have a nightcap. So I'll talk to you guys tomorrow at 6 o'clock right here on Sports Talk 790.